our DT systems, the Rap 1400 or 1400 if you like doing it that way, but it's the Rap 1400. It's a collar that is super reliable, ready to rock, and it's super handy because you can hold it in your hand while you're shooting your shotgun during duck season. So it's a cool unit for you and your dog come hunting season so that you've got control over any situation. Anything the dog throws at you during the hunt is right there, easy and accessible. Bingo, bango, bongo. If you don't want that one, check out the H. 201820. It's the DT Systems and it's dog tested, dog tough. Hashtag man's best kennel. It's Gunner Kennels, baby. It's a kit. We had Addison on the, the podcast, a phenomenal dude, always innovating our industry. And one of the things that he brought up is it's a kit. It's not just the kennel itself. You've got the fan 2.0 for your summer, right? Like it's hot out. We got to keep that dog cool. In wintertime, you got the all weather kit. Keeps that poor body temperature in there so the dog doesn't have to work as hard to stay warm. They also have the magnetic door accessory that keeps that body temperature in there. And then the straps. Everybody thinks like, oh, I'll just go to Home Depot and get the cheapo straps. Well, listen, they developed these straps so that basically you can lift a VW bug with the two straps. So if you were to get in a car accident on the way to the duck blind or the training grounds, that dog is going to be beyond strapped and stay safe. Check it out. Gunner Kennels, baby. Slide in the DMs. We'll hook you up. Have you wondered if you want to force fetch your dog? Maybe you think your dog's too soft. Maybe you're too nervous to screw, quote unquote, screw your dog up. Let me help you. I built a start to finish course with different dogs, different breeds, and different personalities from start to finish to show you how that you and your dog can do it successfully and easy. Jump in, links in the description. We'd be happy to help you. Let's go. Let's set goals and get you and your dog where you want to be this duck season. Welcome to another episode of Lone Ducks Gundog Chronicles. We got a good one coming up. You know, Fivel went west and so did Andy. My little English setter took the road trip out west to Idaho. And uh, she and I were lucky enough to get on a, a squirrel away a few little grouse hunts. We did, we did a lot of upland chasing for the limited amount of time we had out there. And so today's episode is going to be recapping the, quite frankly, badassery that she had. And it was something special. So I'm excited to share that with you. But you know what we got to do, that yucca nubub, baby. The food that fuels the truck of Lone Duck. I'm challenging you to that three-month yucca nuba challenge. Get three bags, 90 days, and tell me you're not satisfied next up smoke them if you got them baby that traeger grill we had them ribby ribs tonight kevin what'd you think fall off the bone they were definitely some of your best yeah i let them cook a lot longer this time i, I mean I, that's the key they yeah the, the meat and all that fat and everything's just gotta melt into itself and uh, i let it just roll today six uh, seven hours it was almost seven, I think, but I'm not a big math guy. No, but but, but I put them on at eleven thirty, and we pulled them off and ate them, and they fell off the bone. They melted in your mouth. The only problem was he cooked one rack of ribs. 
Yeah. I'm sorry. It's all right. Lesson learned. Next time. More ribs is not bad. Next up, Gunner Kennels. You know man's best kennel? That one? That that Gunner Kennel baby? Well, I want to give a shout out to them because they sponsored the Master National this year. And so did Uke and Dogtra and a bunch of others, but they don't pay us to say their name, so they can go ahead and smoke it. Uh, but that event couldn't be put on and others like it without companies that care about our sport and want to give back to our sport. So um, Dogtra, Uke, and Gunner, thank you for stepping up and, and being a sponsor of the event and, you know, donating raffle prizes. And You, know, you and- won a raffle prize, didn't you? I want a Gunner Kennel beanie, boonie hat, like a, I mean, I don't know how much I'll wear it. I'm not super, I'm a little self-conscious in it, but it's, you know, if that's your style, get in it. Get in it. Hey, hit the DMs if you want to get a Gunner Kennel for this hunting season, this winter, next spring, Christmas, whatever you want. Maybe it's on your list and you want the wifey to hit me in the DMs. Just tell her, you know, know, keep a PG, keep a PG in my DMs and I'll get you a Gunner Kennel. Next up. Shooter shoot, baby. We had a great hunt opening weekend here with Nick Hippolito and Prize One Huey and Steve McGee and Thin Man Finn Man. Uh, it was Finn's first duck hunt, and maybe we'll talk for a minute during this episode about him, but we shot that bismuth. We got, I mean, I think I shot seven rounds and killed two. Well, I, the first like seven you, volleys of... Mm-mm. You mean like like seven versus, shots, yeah, yeah, and I killed three ducks. So I one I just completely missed two shots over under, no big deal, and missed. We'll we'll go over it in the episode, but all I want to let you know is I had a high percentage of killing ducks with that. Mm, baby, hit them up on the old Instagrams and tell them that we sent you. All right, Kevin wants to do dog tra. So I had, I, I thought my Dogtra uh, 1902S had crapped out a little bit and was all discouraged, all upset, called up Dogtra and uh, Nick answered the phone. Nick, like the guy, he and Lorraine do the little YouTube videos and the Instagram and stuff. And that guy knows literally everything about everything. And uh, I honestly just started laughing. I'm like, you're like actually the guy. You're the one who also answers the phone and answers people's questions too. Yeah, super nice dude. We we're emailing back and forth, basically pen pals now, best friends. Um, but was able to help. My stuff was not broken. It was just my fault for having too many Dogtra systems. Apparently, the Pathfinder has a different uh, amp wattage, this and that. Charger. So you got to yes, you got to use the right charger for that. And I, don't know, I just have a handful of different collars and so that was my bad but learn something but what he knew he's like oh you uh check the wattage on that is it a, is it a 10 or a 5 i'm like oh man that's the level of detail level of customer service they just know their stuff so appreciate you nick big shout out that's that's why we support Dr. yeah it's that's it's just awesome they've got great products but but their customer service is is above par I mean, it's just he could have been like, yeah, man, I don't know. It's broken. Buy another one. And he fixed. He end, I ended up having two that were like that. It was just me being dumb. That but happens. Yeah, it's awesome. Yep. You pulled so. a bob. All right. <laughs> Next up, this is a shout out to my boy, Elliot, at Handler's Choice. Now, I, I lost my little lead and choke chain that he, he sent to us. And he's on the, 
on the spot. I lost it in Idaho, and I couldn't. I, I wanted to go to the line with it, man. It, it was a little bit sentimental, and good luck. And he knew I, I told him I lost it, and bingo, bango, bongo, the dude's on point. So check him out uh, at Handler's Choice. Um, you won't be disappointed. Great dude, and he's a dog man. Um, next up, you know what we got to do, that patreon.com forward slash Lone Duck Outfitters. We uh, appreciate everybody that joins our Patreon. We have exclusive video content that doesn't hit our YouTube channel. And truthfully, guys, if you like listening to this episode or any episodes or we've answered your question on Instagram or answered your question here on the podcast, it's like buying me and Kevin a beer. If I sat next to you at a bar and you saw I was having a bush light, and then you found out I was a dog trainer, and you started talking to me, and I helped you with your dog, you'd probably be like, hey, man, next round's on me. That's all our Patreon is, and and we help you there. We help you on Instagram. We help you here. So check it out. Help us out. Patreon.com forward slash Lone Duck Outfitters. And LoneD.com, LoneDuckOutfitters.com. Get your hat. Get your little hoodie. It's getting chilly out. Get into that hoodie. And, uh, you know, we got young children, lone duckling stuff, little baby Jack, Kevin's son, is pretty darn cute today in his lone duck Sporting shirt. some throwback lone duck kennel. Yeah, he looks good. He Handsome. looks good. Handsome. So you can, you can strap up your whole family in that lone D, baby. So get on over to that LoneDuckOutfitters.com. We appreciate it. But now let's get into the episode of Andy Goes West. Before we hit Andy, can we do... Uh, can we begin again with Finnegan? Finnegan, begin again. Yeah, there was an old man named Michael Finnegan. He begin again. <laughs> he grew whiskers on his chin again. Mm. They grew out and then grew in again. Poor old Michael Finnegan, begin again. All right, great tune. Now it's stuck in your head, suckers. <laughs> now that we got through that, yeah, we're good. We're good. So, so you went hunting for opening. Was it Western or Western Zone? Western Zone. Um, got there real early, poured rain on us and Nick and Huey went to one section of the swamp, me, Steve and Finn hunted together. And this was perfect scenario for a dog's first duck hunt. We've talked about it a thousand times on this show. You want to take one or two shooters and you leave your gun behind and, or just like leave it in its case or just don't have the discipline to run your dog on the first few volleys and get the dog comfortable and successful and then have your guys you know or gals not sky bust pick your shots we could have rolled at first light probably a few more wood ducks but they were flying so fast like if I shot and killed one it'd sail off and he never would have seen it and so he wouldn't have had that successful opportunity so I, I waited picked my shot had a beautiful Drake wood duck just fly right over. One shot, one kill with that mismove. And he dumped uh, about 10 yards away, if that. 10 yards is 30 feet. No, it was like 15 feet away. Right in front of his face. And, uh, you know, he said Finn. Finn went. Finn retrieved a duck and brought it back to his mow marsh. And bingo, bingo, he had his first duck retrieve of the season. And we couldn't have been more proud. And it, it was a beautiful duck and really, really proud of him. Um, next duck I shot was not great. Uh, dumped him in one shot. 
and he flippity floppied into a tree and got hung up in the tree by his neck and hung there and did not fall down. So Finn did not get to retrieve that. That was a bummer. We had to knock it down with a stick uh, later in the hunt. Um, then uh, after we got a little volleys done, I went and sat with Nick and just shot the breeze with him. And they shot a, a green wing teal uh, before I got there. And we just sat. And then uh, a Drake Millard, Eduardo Millardo, flew over and old McGee smoked it. And it, again, not ideal for a young dog, but it was shot and the trajectory fell behind him in some cattails where the dog didn't see it fall. So what did McGee do? Perfect owner, perfect handler decision. He got the dog out of the blind. He got out of his little sitting area. He didn't just say his name. He got him out, walked him towards the cattails and told him to hunt it up, find it, you know, go get it, buddy. And the old Finn did phenomenal. Just swam around, worked the wind, and after 30 seconds, a minute, winded the bird, followed his nose, and bam, found the Drake Millard like a good dog. To me, I couldn't have been more proud of that retrieve because it took some heart because he didn't see it fall. He didn't know anything was out there. He just trusted Steve that he is sending him for something, and he went out there and put in the work and found it. Um, and then old Nicky, Nicky Doo missed a black duck, and your Uncle Bob shot that son of a gun. <laughs> One shot again. No big deal. Rolled How much it. of this entire story is true? All of it. All right. There's two people that will, what are they? Witnesses. Witnesses. Thank you, bud. Two witnesses to this, including the dogs. So, uh, rolled them, or her, and that one, again, not ideal for a young dog. Probably landed 90 yards away in thicker grass and, like, swamp. So, you just clipped it, a little tickle. I hear you. No. It, it, it was dead. I mean, it was... No, I, it wasn't dead because it dove on him twice and he grabbed it. But it was hit hard. It just, again, that trajectory of a duck that's flying a little bit higher. Yeah, probably it, skipped it's, a little bit. It's just going to keep going. It's not just falling down in the sky, right? right like right. that trajectory is carrying it. And so it fell about 90 yards away. And Finn goes out there and I start, and I knew it was a black duck. And I hadn't killed a black duck in three seasons. So I, there's no way. If Finn can't do it, I'm getting it. So I'm following him out there, and he's swimming. And I also didn't know how dead or alive it was. So I was there for the assist, basically. Sure. Um, Which, again, new new to duck hunting, duck dog, like, you got to be there. You got to help. You got to help yeah. be successful. Let's get him to be successful. So right. uh, I get out there with him, and now I'm probably 60 yards away from the bird, and he's moving in on 15 yards away from the bird. And he breaks down and starts hunting and, and, and is hunting short. And he kind of looked at me, and he doesn't know hand signals, but I'm like, hunt him up, bud. And I'm kind of waving to him. And he turned and dug back a little bit further, and that's when he caught some wind. And bang, duck dove on him. He went under. Duck came up. He came up. Duck went under. He went under. Duck came out in his mouth. Couldn't be more proud of him. Super, super cool experience. Great to be a part of it. It's really 
uh, a, a sense of pride to watch dogs that I've worked with and that they're buddies of mine that trusted me with their dogs and to see them be successful and, and kill birds for them and all that jazz just felt really, really good. And it was just nice to see the guys. I've been gone for so long. So great hunt, Bismuth. Yeah, you got them. I mean, I couldn't be more pumped about the... The whole situation sounded like a good time. Yeah. I mean, we had the only... I shot one high fly that I probably shouldn't have shot at, but we were having fun. Then two wood ducks came in, and me and McGee missed them both. Just clean misses. Um, but other than that, everything I, everything else was one shot. So I was proud. Nice. Yeah. Felt good. All right. Andy goes West. So give us a breakdown. We're in central New York. You drove out where? You had a long I ride. drove. I'll give you the whole story real quick. <laughs> we drove from New York to Peoria, Illinois, about 13 hours and stayed at Kuma's owner, Kuma the Golden Retriever. That was night one. Got a great couple beers with them, excited for the trip. You know, met his dad and mom, like great family. Slept in their basement, uh, which was a gorgeous, like, faux log cabin. Really? Oh, uh, they did the whole basement like it looked like a log cabin. It was oh, sick. Sweet. Yeah, really nice. And uh, appreciated their hospitality. Got you a- returned the favor, though, right? Yeah, I got her a plate. (laughs) So, uh, well, no, we're going to talk about that. I know, I got you all thrown off. You got me thrown off. So, anyways, we drove all the way out there. Next stop was Laramie, Wyoming, because I don't think we're going to go in depth. The old pterodactyl. No, 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 we're going to do that after. Yeah. Laramie, ton of fun. Really neat place. Had a beer at a brewery. Had a beer, a bush on tap at the oldest it allegedly the oldest bar in Wyoming and there were bullet holes in the you know like the back glass behind the bar and then like the wood mail. Yeah, yeah yeah it was so old that there were like western shootouts in there it was sick debatable on whether or not that's true there were bullet holes in it it was sweet I mean anywho you got me. I'm a Yankee from New York. It could, yeah. oh, it yeah. could have been like wood boring uh, yeah, it bees, was, but I, a, I was sold. They had a, a carpenter ant problem. <laughs> yeah, but I was sold. Um, so just a neat place to see. Uh, from there, drove to Salt Lake, trained with a couple Boykin dudes and the pterodactyl and Oliver in Salt Lake for a day, and then drove from there to McCall, Idaho for the Master National. And during the first day of getting acquainted with McCall, our landlord at the Airbnb put us in touch with a landowner to go train. And the grounds were no good. Super thoughtful, appreciate the people, but, you know, when people think you need to train a dog, it's like, you know, 50 foot by 100 foot doesn't cut it. Um, So he's like, well, there's some state land right down the road. Let's go down there. Still not good training grounds, but it had a trout stream for Blaine to fish in. And to Blaine's description, grousey looking woods. I'm like, I don't know, man. All right. So it's worth taking a peek at. Sure. So the first night that I get away, I go down to the spot and Andy and I are in the woods and the boys are fishing and she goes on point. I kick around. I'm walking around. Nothing. 
I'm like, you son of a, son of a dog. Next point. I'm like, all right, Andy. I've, I've played this game before. So I'm like half ready, and out goes a roughed grouse. I'm like, son of a gun. I didn't see it. It was on the other side of a bush, but well, she heard the... Oh, it was right next to me. I just was too thick to see. Epic. So I'm like, all right, hey, we're here, you know, and it's 10 minutes from our Airbnb. And it's only 10 minutes because you're driving down bumpy dirt roads. If you had pavement, it was three minutes. It was right there. So I go a couple days later, like, we got to work. We're training. We're preparing for the biggest event of our lives. So I can't just, like, go hang out grouse hunting. So it was like, you know, get done at working at five. Everybody's aired and fed. Me and Andy would go and hunt for an hour and a half before dinner. And the first hunt I went on with her was probably the top two grouse hunts I've ever been on. Really? The first one was at the the secret spot that me and you and Hippolito go to. Okay. And that's where she became a grouse dog. We had like 15 points all produced birds and like double flushes and stuff. And right. that's where she became a grouse dog. She figured it out and, and figured out how to not pressure them and bump them and whatever. This was the second best. I did not, I don't have like one of those counters on a whistle or anything. So I don't know the exact number of flushes we had, but I would say it was anywhere between nine and 12 and several of them were double flushes. So I don't know if people count that as two or one, but either way, I think I had two double flushes and then a bunch of others, and I killed two of them. Rolled. And I was on cloud nine. It was just, it's different than New York. The habitat was different. There also, were, well, I feel like where we hunt, bud, it's like thick thorns crawling under things to get around. Like, you hear them, but you don't see them a lot more than you see them. If you do have a shot, it's a split second. These you see a flash. Yes. And you're shooting at a ghost. And you hit them sometimes, and sometimes you don't. This was more open aspen. And so, and the, and the brush was low up to the ground, like below your knee. And so, it just wasn't as thick often. There were a couple times I didn't see the bird, just heard it. But majority of that hunt, I was seeing them and either not able to get a shot off of or whatever, but I shot at five of the nine or 12, like you, you know, and then killed two of the five or whatever. Like that's pretty dang good. No, it's awesome. And not that I didn't shoot bismuth. <laughs> no, no, it was just regular seven and a halfs. Um, but long story short, it just it's just different. It's a little bit more open. You can see them a little bit more. Um, I had one or two wild flushes. You know, I bumped it, not the dog, but she was on it, and I was really proud of her and, and a ton of fun. The second hunt, I took Oliver Berman, who's been on our podcast, on his first grouse hunt, and it was a warmer day, a lot warmer, and actually Andy didn't do as well. She was breathing pretty heavy relatively quick into the hunt and wasn't able to get enough water into her and just it was a not great conditions for her but she still did well um 
Oliver killed his first bird, and it was the biggest ruffed grouse I've ever seen in my life. The fan was the size of a dinner plate. It was huge, like dwarfed the other, or made the other ones look like dwarves, right, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super big grouse, big stud of the the forest, and uh, he's going to get that mounted, and he was proud as hell, and he shot it, and, I mean, one shot, one kill, just great shooting, cool, proud of him. Um, that day we killed three. Yes. I killed two on my own. Right. And then he and I killed three on that hunt. Um, one of mine was a wild flush. It just, it was cool, man. They were everywhere. (laughs) They were freaking everywhere. (laughs) It like doesn't happen. And it was the size of like my backyard. It was a, it was a, it wasn't huge. It wasn't like we walked for hours. It was an hour and a half hunt. Our hunt. Um, I went You're back. seeing action. Yep. I went Ugh. back a few more times after that and would get like a point in a flush and didn't see it. Like we wore it out a little bit and I'm sure the birds pushed to different pieces of the state land. Probably. And I just didn't have time to. Uh, it, it was it was work time. Basically, by the time I started to stop grouse hunting, it was time to start really buckling down and focusing on on the mission of master national but uh super badass pretty cool and i love a rough grouse blaine cooked the rough grouse exquisitely and i mean it like melted in your mouth um in like a wine buttery garlicky sauce uh the first time and it was phenomenal the second time he did them like poppers with jalapeno and bacon and and cream cheese and again melted in your mouth and i wish we killed a hundred of them so we could have eaten them (laughs) because how good he did um but yeah what a badass grouse trip for her like just good way to start the season off yeah oh man she's a good dog she's a cool cool dog yeah hold on let me take a little sip of my bird dog whiskey blackberry no, somebody got, I forget, so I'm sorry for who got it for me, but one of my clients got it for me. It's pretty tasty. Well, I'm asking it's what like kind of it is. small batch oh, bourbon. Like, well. Anyways, so now Master Nationals is over. We got to hunt, I think I hunted her on grouse four times, and two of them produced five dead birds. Phenomenal. Now I'm driving home, and my goal was to try and find like a blue grouse or dusky or spruce grouse. And I'm driving home and I don't have a plan, but I wanted to hunt a little bit on my way home before I got to like no man's land, nothing to hunt or hunting season wasn't open. So we go, I'm, we're driving. I'm like two hours away from our house in this little tiny town and there's a diner and a coffee shop. So, so wh- where were you though? Like what, do you know, what state were you in? Idaho. Still. Okay. And there were signs for Hell's Canyon and Hell's Canyon. If you follow Upland bird dog folk, like Anthony Farrow at fetching feathers has been there chucker hunting. And I'm like, dang, you know, it's like, right. It's seemingly right here. There's signs for it at least. Like maybe you would turn and be an hour away and I don't know. And I'm not going to drive an hour on a, 40 hour ride to maybe see a chucker it just wasn't the case 
So, but I figure I'm going to go into this coffee shop and strike up a conversation. And so I do. I, I walk in, a bunch of old folk. And as I'm leaving, this dude in hunting gear, Kuyu, First Light, hunting gear, walks in. And he's my roughly my age. And I'm like, man, do you like to hunt? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, God, no, I got to ask him. I'm like, do you ever do any, like, bird hunting? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a, oh, what was it, um, wire-haired pointing griffon in my back seat. She's two years old. I'm like, dang, man. You know, I poured on the sob story of, hey, I'm from New York. We were, we were just at the big national event. He's like, oh, I saw all your dog trucks. I, I live right near there. You know, that's so cool. I'm like, yeah, I got him. This is awesome. You know, we, what a guy. And we struck it up and we hit it off. And I said, man, I've got like two hours. I just want to go walk for two hours. How far is Hell's Canyon from here? He goes, you don't have to go to Hell's Canyon. 20 minutes this way, go over a bridge, drive down, find a pull off. It's all BLM and climb the hill and you'll find Chucker. And you might even find a hunt. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So I followed, I mean, what a guy, what a genuinely awesome person to give someone a hunting spot. You know, granted, again, I told him I'm never coming back. You know, I'm not blowing up your spot. And uh, it's just going to be me and my dog in and out in two hours. So that was helpful, I would imagine. But gave me the exact spot. And we walked up this gorgeous, we were right next to a river. So you look down the valley, and it's just sheer, sheer walls of mountains it was awesome and pictures don't do it justice so we we climbed the mountain and i'm i'm literally hand and feet climbing scaling portions of this and i'm looking for rocky outcroppings because that's what i i've heard and learned a, a little bit about for these chucker and she goes on point and i'm like halfway up the mountain you know, maybe been hunting 20, 25 minutes. And she's breathing heavy. It's a hot day. It's dry, really dry out there. And she goes on point. And as soon as she locks up, I see a chucker pop out from a, underneath. Like I don't think it was sagebrush, but it was, it was like a bushy, sticky bush. Pops out, and it flushes, and I shot, and I missed. Now I got my over-under. I got one shot left, and all of a sudden, the covey of chucker erupts from the bush this way, that way, this way, that way. They're flying all over. And one peels off from right to left, low, and rolled it. It was so cool. So cool. And I've shot, here's the thing. I've shot so many chucker preparing for NAVDA tests for my client dogs that I really didn't have like a, a feeling that I would love to go and kill a chucker because I've killed hundreds of them in training. But let me tell you, a wild chucker in the country that wild chucker live is breathtaking. Absolutely tr like trophy hunting. And, and if you are an upland enthusiast, you've got to go 
to chucker country, whether it's Utah or Idaho or wherever the heck they live. But you got to go out there and you've got to scale the mountains and you've got to experience the challenge and how hot and dry and difficult the terrain is and, and tough on your dogs. And, and just, I sat down cause she was breathing so heavy at this point, And so was I, I just sat down and cooled her off, got her some water and looked out over this sheer rock wall over a river in state you know, federal government land that is just anyone can walk across and just took it all in. And it was super, super cool. I would go back for sure. So we end up continuing our hike upward and onward and cut across a ravine, back up another spot. She goes on point, nothing's there. We work down the ravine, down the crevasse, uh, drainage, whatever you want to call it. And she's probably 150 yards ahead of me, humming down the hill, hill, mountain, cliff. And she locks up, like skids into a stop, and three birds at 150 yards away fly. And, uh, you know, I don't know if because of her speed or because of how hot she was, not breathing well enough, or whatever the case may be, it didn't pan out. But but to just be there was was something to do and, and be special. So uh, continue my ride from there. And we made it to Montana. I think I drove all the way to Montana. And I hit a post up on old Flat Stanley saying I was rolling through Missoula. And now Nick from Canton, Retrievers, I'm going to look it up so I don't screw it up because I'm going to give him a shout out on the old Instagrams. Well, keep going. I will. I, I'm, I will. So anyways, Nick hits me up and he's like, hey, man, I live like 40 minutes south of there. Um, oops. Hold on, folks. Hold on. I'm doing it. Canton Retrievers. I was right. Canton Retrievers. Nick. He's just south of Missoula. Or east or west or whatever. He's 20 minutes from Missoula. <laughs> Suck it. I don't know my directions. Where The sun rises in the east. Is that somewhere else? And he said, you know, you swing by, right, type of invitation. But I've got, it's like 2 in the afternoon. I'm not stopping now. Like, I got to keep making moves. And so I drive past Bozeman. And he was thoughtful and kind and generous enough to give me uh, two of his pins on on X of federal land. And he's like, go, go there and find your birds. And uh, pheasant had just opened like the day before. Um, I was thinking of maybe uh, sharp tail grouse. Like I, I didn't know what we were going to get into. And I took Memphis and Andy and it was snowing and blowing and cold and definitely different than New York, but very cool. Drainages, it looks kind of flat, but once you get there, it's like straight down, straight up, straight down, straight up. But when you're standing away from it, it just looks flat. You kind of can't see these drainages. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm, I'm envisioning like it's like a corrugated cardboard of like exactly waves what, of... Yes, but when you look at it from a distance, it's just flatness. Right. And like looks a little rolly, but then once you get to that roll, it's like... 
holy cow, that's 50 foot down and pretty steep. And there's shrubbery down there and thicket. Yeah. And I had about an hour because it took me longer to get there and figure it out and called him. And he was just super helpful. Great dude. I wish he could have been there to hunt with me. Yeah, that'd be cool, man. Like if he could have come and hunt, then I would have stayed all day and we'd have <laughs> been killing. <laughs> You'd end up being like, ah, oh, I can only stay for an hour. <laughs> And well, then yeah, I can do two. How about uh, that 18-pack uh, of bush light yeah. in the cooler? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was probably going to have dinner and hang out. Yeah. So anyways, but he was just generous enough. And I'm walking out, and on the last drainage, Memphis and Andy are working left to right up the hill, up the drainage. And at the top of the drainage, a rooster pheasant pops up and flies back across the ravine, like basically over top of the dogs. Safe to shoot. They were so – It's that's how deep it is. I mean, it's – deep that they're way down there but they must have been tracking it up and it ran when and up. it ran and then like how wily they are those dogs were 80 to 100 yards away from him and he flushed and i'm far away and honest to god i half thought that's way too far to shoot and then i'm like shit i'm here baby <laughs> let it fly and i pulled the trigger and one shot one kill rooster big old cock pheasant baby that's pretty cool it was sick it was sick i mean dude i thought it like there's no way i'm hitting this thing i'm just i'm not gonna be able to shoot just and then as it's still flying, flying i'm now. like like split second one second in my head is ah, too far too far screw it boom dead bird oh, oh, oh my god, I got, <laughs> oh my god I can't it happened. and just freaking badass uh experience and memph got to retrieve and um so i got the chucker and the pheasant to mount and hopefully they come out good they were a little like the pheasant was a little wet from the snow and the chucker eh, i didn't take as good a care of them as i should have in my freezer but anyways um that was the adventures of of andy goes west um i would give anything to go back i will go back it is you know before she gets too old to do it anymore like i will go west and i want a sharp tail i would love the opportunity at a sage grouse and you gotta do that soon <laughs> yeah i mean like you couldn't shoot them in certain places there was a lottery there were I, there were things that i didn't understand so i didn't even go into it well no. but but like one a season or one a day or only in this zone, any other zone you can. I'm like, I don't know my way around it, so I'm not dealing with it. But but it's just excellent country, sportsman's paradise, and and memories with that little English setter that I'll never forget. And I'm so proud of her, and I enjoyed her, and I hope you guys enjoyed hearing the stories because just reminiscing right now makes me right, you got a big go smile back. on your face i mean it's yeah, it's cool it's, it it's, makes me want to go back it's one of my favorite things to do man is to uh, talk about dogs oh this is why i love the podcast sit yeah. down over a beer or two and just oh i love hearing stories of andy and, and memphis chasing him up the ridge and like that's awesome yeah just different country too I felt very lucky to have gotten to do what I enjoyed. This is my job. You know, there are days I don't enjoy it. Let's be real. There are days I don't feel like getting up at the butt crack of dawn or a dog pees in the crate or you hear barking or, you know, just the monotonous things. This is why I do what I do. 
this is why we do the podcast. This is why we didn't master nationals across the country, 40-hour drive. I drove over 6,000 miles. Um, just crazy. But getting those grouse, watching Oliver kill his first grouse, um, being in chucker country, feeling like you're king of the mountain where you can't hear or see anything but wilderness and getting a chucker and having someone you've I've only met him once I actually met him at shot show um Nick so I I have gotten lucky enough to meet him but he basically we're just Instagram buddies you know like he doesn't know me really from Adam He, he easily could have had the thought of like oh man Bob's nearby that's funny yeah, but and then what about is it instead was like, nice, what can I do? Exactly. And when people do that for me, it makes me want to do it for them. Yeah, well. So, cheers to everybody. Clink your glass. Drive home safe from work or to work. Appreciate you tuning into this episode. Remember, hit up that patreon.com forward slash Lone Duck Outfitters. Buy us a beer if you enjoyed the show. Um, more videos coming soon on the YouTubes. Like now that Master National is over, it's back to the the regular fun stuff that we're bringing to the table. So thank you all. Cheers and catch you on the flip side. Hey, if you haven't done it already, jump into patreon.com forward slash Lone Duck Outfitters. If you enjoy the show and want to support the show, if this show has helped you and your dog grow together, if you enjoy our Instagram, if we've helped you at all, it's like buying me and Kevin a beer and you get more one-on-one from me. You get content that doesn't hit Instagram or YouTube and it enters you to win a free hunt with me and Kevin in Missouri this duck season. So jump on, links in the description. We'd be happy to have you and love to help you. Hey listeners, Nick Larson here, host of the Bird Shop Podcast. As fans of this show, you may be interested in the conversations on the Bird Shop Podcast, where we discuss all things upland hunting, from upland birds and their habitat and conservation to the shotguns, bird dogs, and gear used to pursue them. Whether you're a seasoned upland hunter or just getting started and wanting to learn more, I interview a wide range of guests, each with their own unique perspective and valuable experience to share. If you're on the hunt for more upland hunting conversation, please consider subscribing to the Bird Shop Podcast today. Thank you.